Hey guys, it's Bradley with the Insurance Guys Podcast. You know, over the past year that we've been recording this podcast, Scott and I have met some amazing individuals and received some amazing advice. So we decided to do something for our audience that may or may not be able to listen to every single episode. We put together a white paper slash ebook of the top seven things that you must do in your agency in 2018 and 2019. We're giving this to you guys free as of right now. You can text the word book. B-O-O-K to 251-418-4724. Follow the prompts and you will promptly receive that book. Or you can email me at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. That's not going to be automated like the text, but you can receive it that way as well. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. I am your fearless host and leader, Mr. Scott Howell with I Protect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. Before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore from Saraland, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent, and my friend, ladies and gentlemen, stand and deliver for the incomparable <laughs> Mr. Bradley Flowers, how are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. I, I'm 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 excited. Anytime I'm able to talk to a man that I feel like is one of the only human beings on the planet that is as quick witted as I am, it's a good day, brother. It's mm-hmm. a good day, guys. We have a very special guest on the podcast tonight, and it's somebody that I have a man crush on that I'm in love with, uh, that I have <laughs> stated on multiple occasions. That uh, And I haven't really shared this with a lot of people, but my mission, my purpose in life has actually changed since meeting him. Uh, what I would like to do for the rest of my life is just follow him around and be his videographer for basically the next 45 years. I have this romantic dream of us like hanging out at hotels and like getting up and him doing like a video somewhere and me getting to videographer him. How do you say that? To be be his videographer. Be his videographer. Guys, the, the gentleman that I have on the podcast today is a thought leader in the in the world of insurance. He is the chief marketing officer at Bold Penguin. This is his second episode that he's been on the Insurance Guys podcast. He was a All-American baseball player at the University of Rochester. He currently lives in Waterville, New York, and I know I just brutalized that, and he is married to the lovely Miss Beautiful Lauren Murray, and he has two beautiful babies as well. Guys, this man needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce him anyway. I give you the other incomparable Mr. Ryan Handley. How are you, Ryan? So I was going to hire you as my videographer until you referred to it as videographering me, and um, the jig was kind of up at that point, man. So, uh, (laughs) Well, here's the deal, man. I'm sorry that I don't know my correct dialect and my terminology for being a videographer, but I think I would do a pretty good job of it. 
I See, I, I give, yeah, I'm gonna cut you some slack on the vernacular there because you are from the deep south, oh, and no. you do speak a slightly different language. Absolutely. So, um, that hurts. not that not hurts. saying right or wrong. I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying different. That's all I said. Hey, I'm about you to know? I'm about to bring a ray of sunshine into your life. It's yeah, gonna, please. It's gonna, <laughs> this is gonna be like um, driving down the interstate and seeing a rainbow. When I tell you this, <laughs> okay, I are love you, it. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready we, yeah. we have done eight podcasts today. I believe is that right, Bradley? Eight podcasts. I, think. I believe it's eight podcasts. If I'm not mistaken, three of the eight people that we have had on this podcast today have stopped the podcast to tell us. What a huge impact that you were in their life. That, that's true. That is true. And I and I'm here and I'm here to tell you like um like if I were you and I'm not, but if I were you, there would it would probably be pretty hard for me right now not to get choked up because I'm telling you, I know you haven't heard what was said yet, and I don't I think I'll wait and let it come out in the podcast, but I know of at least two and I think three that basically stopped the podcast to say I don't know where I would be today if I had not found Ryan Hanley's content and, you know, got to know him on a personal level. And we basically just, I wanted to model what he was doing. And I can't tell you what a huge impact he's had on our lives. Wow. Well, that's very, very meaningful. Um, It has been the last like month of my life has been very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some of the people listening, may be aware some maybe not i'll kind of address the elephant i guess um i was forced to take down um uh a lot of content on my youtube channel and on another website that i had created you know i don't want to go into the details but basically you know long story short um, not every breakup goes well, and uh, in this case, it has been about as miserable and terrible a breakup with uh, mm-hmm. my former employer as could possibly be, mm-hmm. and has forced me to not, you know, at least for a little while, not really be able to create and share and um, and that kind of stuff. That all being said, you know, what's been tremendous and amazing and, and really moving. And to be honest with you, I, I, I like, I like, it's, uh, it's unbelievable to a certain extent, just the emails and the social messages and, and yeah. the phone calls and the texts has been, it's been overwhelming to a certain extent. Like, you know, the work that I was doing at agency nation, it was the most meaningful work that I'd ever done in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I was pouring my heart and soul into helping a group of people that I believed in, in a, in an industry that I believed in. And, and just really, I just, there's so many good people in our space and I just liked helping them. And, but you never really know, like you never really know. Like, I mean, maybe if I step back, I say, Hey, you know, two successful conferences, like we, you know, some, there was some, some stuff, but like, man, it has been, it's been unbelievable. I mean, it just, Saying that it does get me a little choked up. It uh, there's a moment like a week ago where I it very much felt like, man, I'll never be in that space again. I'll never be able to help people like that again. And then I kind of like I might put on like some hardcore '90s gangster rap, mm. and I just like <laughs> me blew against that. the world, Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, put that shit right. I'm more of an East Coast guy, but that's okay. More oh, like Wu Tang. <laughs> that's a, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, again, not right or wrong. Just. 
Tupac's a little more cerebral. Just give me like a really hardcore beat and a hook <laughs> that's like super angry over and over and over again. And uh, and I kind of blew that shit right out of my mind and just said, you know what? I got to get through this little period, and uh, it'll be all it'll be all freaking good, man. Because you know, it's not like we're not doing great stuff at Bull Penguin, and I'm I'm creating a lot there and stuff. Phenomenal uh, freaking uh, company. I mean, yeah, phenomenal absolutely. product. Scott, oh. talk a little bit to Ryan about Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel, yeah. My whole life, people have been telling me all the things I can't do, just like them not inviting me to Agent 2021 <laughs> when every human being on the planet is like, how the hell is Scott Howell not at Agent 2021? Yet another example in my life where somebody just gives me more rocket fuel to do all the things that people think I can't do. So anytime I get met with adversity – and people tell me either you can't do something or you're not going to do this or blah, 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 or whatever, whatever. I just use all of it as rocket fuel to continue to go down that road and get it done. Because, uh, And I think, speaking of Agent 2021, I think Vaynerchuk says it best. He talks about, you know, the best way to get back at people is to be successful. This is what I would say to that. I 100% agree with you. Nothing that I do in the future will be to get back at anybody. Right. I just want to get back to the the work that brings meaning in my life, which is helping agents. That's that's really it. It, it has nothing to do with anything other. And it's just I just want to get back to doing what I love, man, creating videos and telling agent stories. Like the most fun for me is like when I can find an agent. Um, like this is killing me. Like I met. Uh, do you guys know Ben Zimmer? I know that name. I don't know him. Yeah. Mm-mm. So he's a he's an agency owner out of Indiana, and uh, I met him at the uh, the Big Eye of Indiana's uh, national or uh, annual conference, like a couple months ago or a month ago or so, November. I did my thing, and then afterwards he came up and he's like, "Dude, I gotta tell you about my agency." And he starts telling me about his agency. And I just was like man, this guy's like dialed in. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like our age, you know, he's like in that late thirties, forties time, like just tr- looking to kill it. And, um, he's got this awesome model where he's like, he's like, I don't care where the producer is in the country. I just want awesome freaking producers. And I'm going to give them a great comp split, the ability to buy in, to earn into owning part of their book, an easy opt out. If they want to go start their agency, cause I don't care. Like, I want awesome people who are going to grow great businesses. And if they want to stay with me, then that's amazing. And my agency grows and they grow and that's great. And if they want to go do their own thing, I don't give a shit. I'll find another great producer and bring them in. He's like, and over time, all of, you know, just by paying people right and treating them right and having a great brand and all that stuff and being supportive and building a great business, all, you know, that will come back to me Mm -hmm. versus can I squeeze another two points out of this producer? Right. Right. And, uh, I just was like, I just was like, this is the agency of the future right here. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what it's all about. It's like, it's location agnostic. It's allowing your producers to be, you know, quote unquote, like part owners, like they might own only own their part of their book, but man, they own part of their book and they're getting contingencies off that. And that feels good. You know, there's nothing worse for a producer to watch the agency principal cash back contingency check mm-hmm. and you don't get shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And look, I get the agency owner started the business, took the risk, you know, built the business. I get all that and they deserve the lion's share. But just 
for those agency principals out there who've never been just a producer right. know that that's like a kick in the balls or mm -hmm. the groin mm -hmm. for, you know, just to be politically correct, I guess the groin. Um, no, we can say balls. It's okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, I just know. I think groin hey, is hey, Kim, Kim, with, Kim with VaynerMedia just went ahead and dropped the F-bomb in the middle of the podcast Before we today. started recording, she's like, can we curse? And I'm like, the only other person that's asked that was Ryan Hanley. <laughs> and we were that was the greatest interview we ever did. So, heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> so yes so so when you're when that agency principal catches that fact continues he's like that's a kick in the balls you know mm -hmm. so like so like I, I was like i buy this i'm into it and look he might have it all figured out he may not have nothing figured out and the truth is he probably has some shit figured out and some stuff not but i'm like that's a story that needs to be told and no one's telling this guy's story mm -hmm. so like that's the kind of stuff that i'm looking forward to getting back to because that to me is what I enjoy the most, and I believe, I, you know, when I really think about it, I think where I can add the most value to this industry is is not like Instagram tactics, right? right. Like I don't give a shit about Instagram tactics. Mm -hmm. Like go figure it out, Google it. That's what I would do. Right. You know, I'd Google it and I'd tell you. Just you Google it and bypass me. But what I can do is figure out who's doing super cool shit mm -hmm. and figure out really fun ways to tell that story and help other agents learn from that person. Cause like you guys didn't know Brett, Ben Zimmer, but you need to go find him and get him on his podcast. He's a super cool dude with a great story. He's already on the list. Hey, yeah. So, so to, to add a little bit of context to everybody, um, I do the booking for the podcast for those of you that don't know. And I, I really enjoy doing that because it allows me to connect with, with you with really enjoy doing it. I really, <laughs> Scott says that to say, I booked 18 interviews in two days, <laughs> today and tomorrow, because we batch record all of these. There's only about one person on the face of this planet that could get a 19th interview, and that was Ryan Hanley. And he, he tweeted he tweeted the other day, what, what exactly did you say? You said that you hadn't created anything in X amount of time, and you were feeling murderous. And, <laughs> and I responded, and I responded, and I said, let's, let's do a podcast this week. And you said yes, and I immediately called Scott and said, guess who I just booked? He said, who? I said, Ryan Hanley. He said, what number is that? I said, 19. And then a few days later, uh, you retweeted Gary Vaynerchuk. Very Jan Gary Vaynerchuk said, when you create friction between you and the audience in your best short-term interest, you're going to lose. And you retweeted and said, insurance marketing the last two decades. And I agree 1,000 million percent with that sentiment. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what that means to you and go from there. Hey, before we do that, can I tell the most hilarious story you've ever heard in your entire life, Ryan? Sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. Then we'll get back to that. So about three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I found Ryan Hanley on YouTube. Okay. Just by chance. I, okay. I, had, I did not realize how much content he had put out on yeah. YouTube. That's his jam. <clears throat> and so I started slow dripping some of his videos, like in the shower. Um, Cold showers? No. <laughs> shower, driving down the road. I would like, if I had a, you know two or three minutes, I'd listen to one of his videos. Some of them were very compelling. <laughs> so I, I'm, listening to, I'm listening to your content, and one morning I got up, and I think I had actually subscribed to your YouTube channel. So this is like day two that I find your content, right? Day two, day three. And you had just posted, which would turn out to be your last YouTube video that you posted before, you know, you went into the, the blackout, right? Yeah. And so you had posted it like not long. This was like five or six o'clock in the morning when I got up because I don't sleep anymore. And I posted on his YouTube channel in the comment section 
some little witty comment about, you know, I've decided my why is to keep, you know, working as hard as I can to remain better looking than Ryan Hanley, right? So it's kind of funny. And Ryan responds, ha, 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 whatever. And so, like, three hours later, I'm driving down the road, and I go back, and you have deleted all of your freaking <laughs> YouTube. And I'm going, holy shit, man, Ryan can't take a joke, dude. He just deleted his entire YouTube channel over me. Thanks, how, nar- how narcissistic is that? <laughs> hey, hey you're, you're, you're making a buzzing noise. I'm going to call you back. Yeah, no, so, okay. so I'm driving down the road thinking to myself, man, do I need to like text him or call him? I mean, what did I, I, I mean, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, why would you delete all this shit on YouTube over just that little comment? God, that is hilarious. That is the funniest uh, thing ever. Man. Then you want to hear something funny about like, so thankfully that was not the worst hate I've ever gotten in my life. So, <laughs> so, you, so this is 2009. Mm-hmm. I, my very first insurance <laughs> blog post I ever written ever, right? The very first blog post I've ever written ever. It's on ryanhanley.com. I've named myself the Albany insurance professional. This is going to be my big content marketing play to grow my insurance book. And I post the article, which I can't even tell you what it was about at this point, like at fall auto or something like literally, I mean, this is like the very first one ever that I've ever written and published, uh, in public. I put it on Facebook and maybe LinkedIn or something or Twitter, one of those places. And this dude just tees off on me <laughs> for like four paragraphs of wow. you slimy insurance <laughs> agent. This is what's wrong with the internet is that you can write this bullshit and sell people stuff. And you're not trying to help people. You're just trying to sell them. And this is like four paragraphs of this. And I'm talking, this is my first one. Like I am a rookie of all rookies. <laughs> hey bradley has a very similar story to this by the way but go ahead it's just like dude haters i mean not that you were hating i knew you were joking but like (laughs) you know it's just like freaking at this point in my career like i just had uh, i just got a really great note actually um from a guy who's worked for one of the state associations for a long time and he's just like you know talking to me about the situation or whatever and he just was like he's like dude you know, I have not always agreed with the, some of the crazy shit that you've said, <laughs> but I've always respected the fact that you just kept putting it out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think, you know, I'm not trying to be like humble brag or whatever. I just think like I've kind of learned to try to keep like a 10 to 20 percent hater quotient. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have a 10 to tw- 10 to 20 percent of the people that interact with your content are hating you mm-hmm. or hating on you then you're doing something wrong and that doesn't mean they actually hate what you're saying it means they might be jealous it mm-hmm. means they might see you as a competitor and think you're doing good work yeah. they may disagree with you like but if you if you're not if you're not in that 10 to 20 percent range at least then you're not pushing hard enough yep like you're and, and that goes for like insurance content too because because what, what that means is like that means that your content sucks and your competitors don't see you as a threat right so you know i'm not talking about being bold and saying crazy stuff and like yeah. you know either trump blasting or trump loving you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you know it doesn't matter which way you go I'm just saying, like, if you're pushing the envelope and you're doing your best work and you're ta- you're telling your truth and you're trying to help people and and you're and you're really looking at how you believe, yeah, what, you know, from from your then then you people should hate on you. They yeah. should. Well, and for me, I got a tremendous sense of anxiety when I first started really putting myself out there. 
and I would check my phone constantly, not because I was addicted to my phone or anything, but because I was worried about somebody posting something negative. Like it used to ruin my day when somebody would hate on me. And now my wife has a picture uh, from about a year ago. We were at dinner and she took a picture of me responding to a hater on Facebook. And I was smiling like it was the most genuine, big, like glowing smile and she's like, for everybody out there that wants to hate on my husband, this is the face he makes when he's responding to you. Like, he really enjoys it. Like, I, I look forward to it because, number one, it from a, just an algorithm standpoint, it helps. I mean, I'm getting comments, like, you know. But it's like, if you feel, I mean, hey, because I believe so much in what I'm trying to put out that I'm willing to conversate with any other standpoint that you want to have, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, really for anyone who is a hater and you have to assume just statistically that some of you listening to this podcast are haters <laughs> yeah. right. that like the worst thing you can do to someone is just shut the hell up. Don't say anything because the what you don't realize is that when you're responding and keep, you know, keep coming mm-hmm. back, all you're doing is telling the algorithm, like, show this to more people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't think it's ever been presented like that. Well, I've never heard it presented like that before. You know, we have, there's, there was a guy <clears throat> that was hating on me a few weeks ago that about six weeks ago asked to be on our podcast. And, I just have tremendous like, and I hate to sound like freaking Gary V, but I just feel sorry for that person. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. if you have to take time out of your day and your forty thousand followers on freaking Instagram that you probably bought, if you have to take time out of your day and that's important to you, go right ahead. That's fine. Anyway. The bottom line is peanut butter and jelly, guys. Peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> let's, hey. let's talk a little bit about friction in yes. insurance in the insurance yes. industry. Making it easy to do business and why all of these companies seem to just do the exact opposite and of agents that. too. I mean, yes. for the four people that are still listening, let's talk some <laughs> Oh no. Some oh, no, no, no. We've got way more than four. We've oh, got yeah. at least five. No. No, I mean, after all that I know, I know, no, 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 I know, I know. We've got at least five. Yeah. So okay. So what I read into that tweet by Gary V, um, when I saw that, what immediately clicked over to my head is that from a mass media perspective, we have been pounding people over the head. And I'm going to take this on a couple levels. So just yeah, go right me. ahead. For, starting from a mass media level, right? We've been pounding people over the head with price for so long. Not that consumers believe it, which they do, but but they don't really give a shit. I mean, no study has ever been done, or I shouldn't say no. If you look at J.D. Power's auto and commercial lines insurance shopper study for the last five years, price has never been higher than four, and for reasons that someone switches. So you can't say that people just shop on price. That If you say that, you are wrong. So just anyone who has ever said that, there are people who lead with price. They lead with price. That's their problem. They lead with price. You have to overcome that obstacle and do your effing job and sell them the right insurance. So don't complain that people just buy on price. They don't. You're just not selling them on the reasons why they should care about anything other than price. I firmly believe that. But that's a different rant. So mass media has pounded the industry over the head for so long that agents actually believe that it's true. Big problem. So what happens is independent agents that can't come in captives and, and everyone, you know, everybody on a smaller scale, right? That's not mass media level st- starts, starts trying to compete on price right. and on, and on fast. And it's like, 
I don't care what insure tech you have, right? Today, there is a very tiny, minuscule chance you will ever be as fast as selling a policy as a progressive or a Geico or any of the other really well-run D2C players. Mm -hmm. Like, you just won't be. So it's okay. Own that, right? Own the fact that there's going to be a little bit of friction in the process. But if you play the long game and you work on building relationships, loyalty, trust, respect uh, around the idea that coverage matters and that you want to have that person in in your book of business for a long time, not because it you know, not not because it makes you money, but because you actually give a shit about them, mm-hmm. right? Like if you can make someone believe that, price will never be an issue. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, if some you know one of the carriers jacks their rate, and yeah, they'll care about price for ten minutes until you go, no problem, bro. That's why you're with an IAS. So over to another carrier, it's all good in the hood. Yeah. So like, this is what drives me crazy is that we start trying to be something we're not, and I, I just feel like you can't fight it, like. They've lost that battle. Like you go talk to some of these large carriers and it's just churn and burn, push them through, you know, what's my close rate? What's, you know, and, and I know those things are important eyes too, but like, there's no relationship. No one cares. They don't stick. It's, it's a constant game. You know, churn is a problem and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, all these one, you know, single, uh, single policy clients. And it's like, yep. you know, that's it. That's the problem they're dealing with. So, like, don't try to play that game because if you play that game, you have to deal with their problems. Mm-hmm. Do you want their problems? They're not perfect. Mm-hmm. So, it's so my point is like from an insurance marketing perspective, from an IAs, I would love for us to think the long game. Like, think think about how you help people over the long term, and uh, it doesn't mean you can be complacent. It just means don't try to play that cheap, fast, easy game. Mm-hmm. Play a different game that you can actually win and that actually allows you to be around for a long time. So that's kind of where my head was at. Well, I think as an industry as a whole, and it starts from the top down, we make it incredibly hard as a whole for people to do business with us. Right. And I think it starts at the carrier level and goes all the way down to the agent level. Like, you know, you call, you're calling, and some people may be a proponent for this or maybe not, but you call an agent's office and you get a phone tree. Not that there's anything wrong with that as long as it's efficient, but I just think there's... No, it's 100% wrong with it. Let me tell you what's wrong with it. 40% of all phone calls that hit a phone tree never actually talk to a human being. Which So so that means that if you want to make more money tomorrow, tomorrow, anything else that we say, if you want to make more money tomorrow, get rid of your phone tree. Your phone tree is costing you business every single day. It was one of the... Uh, it was a piece of research that we did out of trustedchoice.com where we yeah. watched people come in. And I'm telling you, 40, you're losing 40% of your inbound opportunities wow. um, at a minimum if you have a phone tree. That's well, just a fact. And, so. and that's just, that, that's one thing. And I mean, and that, and that works for some people and doesn't work for some other people. But I think it's because of the, that quote unquote friction is why the lemonades of the world, the Geico's of the world, the progressives of the world that go direct to consumer can win is because it's so like like you go on Twitter and you search lemonade and every single customer saying oh my god this was the easiest thing in the world I've ever done now there's some 
some problems with with that on the back end, but but at least on the front end, the customer's like, hell yeah, it was a great experience. You know what I mean? I just yeah. think that as agents, as carriers, as an industry as a whole, we our goal needs to be to make it as easy as possible to do business with us Let while at the same time educating done. the client. This is, I'm going to tell you how this gets done. Fire the carriers that don't change, but agents won't do that. Yeah. Agents won't do that. They won't do that. They're, they're too, they're hooked on the contingency check crack, right? They already built up a book of business with somebody and they're getting a contingency check and they're hooked on that crack. And look, I get it. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Like you got a, your, your wife drives a seven series and, and you got a bass boat and God bless you. Right? Like good for you. But I'm telling you the major, the issue, the reason carriers don't change is because agents don't ask for change. I've been selling software to carriers for five years now. And the number one thing that you hear is my agents aren't asking for this. As soon as an agent walks into a carrier and goes, bros, I need this piece of technology to sell more insurance with you. They go, okay, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, and they peel off and they make the change. And I, and I think that's why the guys like Jeff Roy and Seth from Zinc Insurance have done really well in that sector because they're not scared to go to the carrier and say, I need you to make this for me or make this work for me 100%. or we're going somewhere else. And look, you can't ask for crazy stuff, right? Right. I mean, it has to be useful and it has to be something they can replicate to other agents. I need a monkey like, in my office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dan and ADD. Yeah. Well, hey, you could probably get that. Danny we, we, Kimball. Oh, that, we, we just, we just, we talked to her that podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, so, my, you know, my point is like, you know, there are carriers that are doing really awesome stuff for IAs, right? And I've been putting a lot of research into this lately because I'm just interested in this topic. Like everyone says, you know, the carriers, the carriers, the carriers. So I'm like, okay, it can't be, and there's no such thing as an absolute, right? I firmly believe in that. So there has to be an exception. Who's the exception? Let's go find the exceptions. Okay, so the exceptions aren't travelers in Hartford, right? Um, They're just moving too slow and they have too many different channels. And they're very siloed, large businesses. And it just takes them time to turn. So, okay, so let's look farther downstream. Well, I, you know, I look at like Chubb's product. They have a, a business portal, right? I don't know that that's the answer, but they're trying. Okay, so there might be something there. You know, I look at a company like like RPS, right? RPS has a three-question quote to buying cyber policy that any independent agent can get appointed with them. Okay, you want a point of entry that you could start to sell uh, consumers quoting and binding insurance or at least getting really close online as a front-end loss leader sale that you then can backdoor into a full policy account. But now you're doing true like lead generation work and you can run ads and content and referral deals into that platform and track all of it. There you go. Amtrust is doing that with workers comp, right? So there's another solution. Central is starting to roll something out with some of their lines uh, I think you'll see some cool stuff from them, right? So there are platforms out there. You just have to go find them. If your company rep keeps walking in and you keep asking for stuff and they don't even know what you're talking about, you're dealing with the wrong company. Go find the company that suits what you're trying to do because they're out there. Like Foremost is doing cool stuff. Foremost, mm-hmm. you know, you think about Foremost, you're like, oh, you know, that's just. That's just non-standard, whatever. Not true. Like they're getting into some commercial vehicle lines yep. and they're pushing into a bunch of new markets and they and they're coming, their platform is not tremendous right now, but they have a ton of updates coming and they can do some really cool stuff. Without giving too much of a plug, what carriers do you think are, are, are doing that along with foremost? So I just mentioned a bunch of them that I think are super interesting. 
you know, uh, state auto. Yeah. I think it's yet to be seen if state auto is going to break their cycle of kind of underwriting and pricing fluctuations. Yeah. I think it, it feels like they may have started to get that leveled off because that's always been their issue, right? Is that you write a state auto policy and then a year later it's it's three times more expensive. So it feels like they're starting to figure that out. And in addition, they've rolled out a lot of digital tools to help their agents do business faster. Again, nobody has this all the way figured out. And my point isn't that you're going to walk into a carrier and all your wildest digital dreams are going to come true. My point is align with the carriers that are investing in this and are pushing forward and are looking at you and going, what do you need? And actually fucking listening to you because, because that's where you want to spend your time, you know, and then here's the other side of the coin, right? So here's the other side of the coin, just to play devil's advocate to my own argument. So if I were someone who was more of a traditionalist, then I would say, well, Ryan, that's all great, but We've seen digital technology come and go for two decades now, and it is always associated with turbulence, right? It never brings the stability that actually makes a company profitable long term. And really, you know, and actually the CTO for Bull Penguin, Ben Clark, wrote a tremendous article on LinkedIn about this the other day. Just it's a, a C-L-A-R-K-E, Ben Clark, a CTO Bull Penguin. Just check his last article about underwriting discipline. It has like 3,000 views already in like, in like a week and a half. And the reason is, is that at the end of the day, for as much as digital technology and reducing friction and all this shit is super, super important. You know what the most important part of this whole thing is? Profitable, consistent rates. Mm-hmm. Preach, Profitable, brother. consistent rates. Preach. So I look... So I look at a company like Cincinnati. If you get a Cincinnati appointment and you write commercial insurance, it's like the holy grail. And the reason is, is because... They pay claims and the rates never change, right? Like, you know, not never ever, but you don't write a, you don't write insurance on a restaurant and the next year it's up 47% in premium, right? Like that doesn't happen. And yes, it may still take three days to have a human being return a Bob quote to you. But I guess my point in all of this is, and with the diatribe that I started on, you know, win the game that or, you know, play the game the way you can win it, it might take three days to return a Cincinnati quote. But if you think Cincinnati is the best carrier for the customer that you're doing business with, then then all you need to do is properly set expectations for that, right? right? Just properly set but expectations. Therein lies a problem with it. That's somebody that's great to be aligned with, but it's so hard to get aligned with them. You know, I think it is if if your value proposition is fast before coverage, then the answer to that is yes. But I think it should be coverage done as fast as possible. It really is the way that I look at it. If you're going to set business up that way, all you really need to do is is properly set expectations. I would bet any amount of money that if you walked into an HVAC contractor who did not have Cincinnati insurance and was a good fit for their underwriting portfolio and you explain to them what you would be getting by purchasing and holding on to a Cincinnati insurance policy and that all they had to do was wait three days instead of three hours, I bet that they would wait three days yeah. for that quote. 
The problem is we don't have the intestinal fortitude to look that person in the face and say, hey, man, you're getting the best possible thing ever and you're an effing rock star for purchasing it. It's just going to take three days. I'll be back in three days, bro. Like, but, just, but then, yeah, but a re- lot of the agents who have the wherewithal to do that can't get appointed with Cincinnati. Well, yeah, because you, you know, I think, I think you know they they have been very smart, and I'm not saying it's easy to get appointments in Cincinnati, and and I get it, like, but what you know, here's what I know about Cincinnati: they're not dummies. If yeah. you can write business for them, and you can show them that you'll consistently drive business and put profitable business on the books, they will appoint you. The issue is they will not. They're not a spray and pray company. You know what I mean? They're not just going to appoint anybody, which right. I understand it can be incredibly frustrating, you know, and, and that's just the nature of the business. And, and Cincinnati is not the only company. I don't want to just hold them on a pedestal like they're the only company that operates that way. I'm just saying that's one of those companies that I think, yes, they're not digital yet, but you get to explain to your customer that they still use frontline underwriters, which means that when any other company tells you that that you know, ledge on your house is three feet longer than the underwriting book tells me it should be. And we can't write you. Their underwriter will walk out and look at it and go, that's fine. I'll write it. Or you know, maybe they won't, right. but you at least have a shot. Like they're going to give you an honest shot and underwrite your it's business. Case by case. Yeah. I think there's something special about that, man. So Ryan, let me, let me add to what you're saying. And I guess kind of, I don't know if this is disputing it or not, but it's just, just kind of adding to what you're talking about. But so all I am is an insurance agent, right? That's what I do. I'm an insurance agent. I happen to have a podcast. I have two and a half million dollars in personal lines. I have two and a half million dollars in commercial. 50-50 split in my agency. I see Man, it. You I, are a baller. What do you got? You got like a your own tanker off the coast? You're uh, shipping in Oprah, oil? Oprah, like Oprah Winfrey. I'm, I'm in my basement like Scrooge McDuck every night just swimming in money. <laughs> So to, to, I guess, go back to what you just finished saying, though, I'm in it every day. I'm in it every day. I'm in it on the personal line side every day. I'm in it on the commercial side every day. I see both sides of that house. And as somebody that represents the 250,000 insurance agents listening to this right now, if, if they were talking back at what you just said, here's, here's what they would say. The lead time on a commercial client that is almost mutually exclusive of personal lines. And what I mean by that is if I go into that HVAC, you know, person, uh, decision maker, and we're talking about his insurance, I'm going to have three, five, 10, 15, 20 days to get him a quote that, that expectation on the commercial line side is never the same as what it is on the personal line side. Now, if a son bitch calls my office and needs a home and auto quote, you better be getting somebody a damn home with auto quote. 15 minutes. And, and, and you better not wait 24 hours. Or you won't have to worry about it, right? I would yeah. say that. I think that's very, very fair. Yeah. I think it's a very fair assessment. And actually, this is a conversation I was having with my w- wife. Um, and I am pro- – oh, so back up a little bit. I am probably right now a little commercial lines biased because right. of the, because I work for Bull Penguin. Right. And like, I am elbows deep in commercial lines right. every day. Right. I will tell you we are in the first inning – of what happened to personal lines two decades ago. Mm-hmm. We're in the first inning of that happening in a small commercial right now. Agreed. Like that's happening. Like Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive, just came out and said that small commercial is Progressive's number one growth opportunity for 2019 or something like that. Not, not an exact quote, but basically that was a gist. So when Progressive says that, that means 
Geico's thinking the same thing. Berkshire Hathaway's thinking the same thing. You know what I mean? Farmers is thinking the same thing. Oh, I can tell like, you. I can tell you nationwide is because nationwide is setting up to try to be. Don't know if they'll make it or not, but their goal is to be one of the top three small commercial uh, companies that independent agents use in the next five years. You know, so that that's why my mind is there. So okay, so I was talking commercial lines, hundred percent, completely fair. So let's talk about personal lines. So I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I was talking to my wife about this the other day because she is now basically running her agency that her family owns and um, her function inside of the agency on a day-to-day basis is quoting all new business and basically selling all new business that comes through. So she's churning through 70 accounts, if not, you know, upwards of 10, 15 a day, depending on how psychotic she tries to get. And we're talking about that, that, what that looks like. And I think there are ways that we can automate that. I think that process does need to become more automated. What I would ask you, you know, and I'm just interested at this point, like, are you pushing three policies on all of them, like home, auto, and umbrella? Are you doing a lot of monoline stuff? Do you not write monoline stuff? Like, are you doing any like loss leader business? Are you cross-selling on life insurance? Like, how are you operate maximizing the revenue out of that personal lines book? All of the above, but I think I think what we what we do in my agency is we you you always want to lead with a home first and then get the autos from that if you can. If somebody's calling for an auto quote, you start asking discovery questions about well do you, do you have a home? You know you could be getting a lot of discounts if you had a home that kind of stuff. We always mention the the personal umbrella policy. But you don't want to overload people. And this is just my opinion. I'm sure there are people yep. that are going to listen to this and say, no, that's not how you do it. You do it this way. You can't just overload people with one thing after another, after another, after another. So um, sometimes you mark you know, you know, mark it down that, hey, we haven't, we haven't talked about life insurance, so maybe you call back 30 days later. And, or, or yeah. may, or, and, and I'll tell you something that I've tried to, to, to train my people to do, and I don't think they're doing it. You know, I, have a, I have a friend of mine who's a really, really big life insurance guy. Uh, that sells, you know, PNC insurance, but that his, his entire staff has been trained to ask one question. It doesn't matter why, why somebody calls, they could be calling for, you know, billing question, right? The question is, and this is the, the, the easiest question I've ever heard. Oh, by the way, who do you have your life insurance with? Yeah. And, and, and all you're doing there, it is exactly like putting a football on a tee for the kickoff. Because what you just done? What have you just done? You just started the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So where it goes from there is up to the the person on the other end of the phone. As far as well, we've got it with with his work or or whatever. But at least you've started that conversation. I think there's a lot of agencies that don't even start the conversation. They just don't ever well, ask most, about it. Most don't. Right. Only thirty percent of independent agents even write life insurance. Correct. So they're all just I leaving would, money on the table. I would argue it's less than that. And, and don't quote me on 30. I know it's around there. It could be in the 20s. Yeah. Um, and and so, what's the definition of writing life insurance? Five policies a year? Right. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. So, so Ryan, are you just absolutely completely tired like I am of, of the insure tech dead horse getting beat over and over and over and over again? So I am tired of people holding it up as something that it is not. Right. It is not the killer app of our industry it's just not that there that doesn't exist like no one's scared of lemonade anymore no one's scared of anybody uh and what's happened 
is, and I think for good reason, because insurance was never broken. Anybody who ever said that, I immediately looked at them like an idiot. Because mm-hmm. it's not broken. It's not broken. It needs to be innovated. It needs to be improved. It needs to be modernized. But those are those are course corrections. It does not need to be blown up and rebuilt. Because, like, you know, this is the kind of stuff that drives me nuts. Like some MIT dick is sitting on stage <laughs> at some insure tech conference surrounded by a by a bunch of people who have also never worked in the insurance and industry paid for him to be there. Yeah. And, and we'll stand up there and go, insurance is broken. And these people don't understand the modern consumer yet. How, you know, hurricane uh, Harvey hits freaking Houston and there's insurance industry is putting that town back together. Now I'm sure there were misses. I'm sure there were problems. And look, you can't just rebuild a town uh, with insurance money. It takes time and people's lives are destroyed and, and all that stuff, right? It was a completely terrible travesty, uh, tragedy. But the reason that Houston has a chance is because of insurance money. Right. It's because it works. It's because there are claims adjusters on the ground within hours starting to pay people to get into freaking hotels and taking putting their lives back together and going, you know what? You don't have to sleep in your car tonight. You can go sleep in a hotel. Like, here's a check. Here's a debit card. Go get your light. You know what I mean? Go take a deep breath. Come back to this tomorrow. Like, it's not broken. It just needs to be pr- improved. There are course corrections that need to be made to adjust to things that are changing. Technology is improving. The cons- you know Customers are looking for uh, a different experience. And, and, you know, I think that's a lot of the things that you guys talk about on the show. So, um, so I am sick of insure tech being held out as like this thing that we, that us idiots who've been in the industry for all this time just didn't right. realize was out there and we should thank them for coming and saving us. Like, screw that. Like you don't, you haven't earned that right to say that. Well, in the, um, in the industry probably is behind in terms of technology and these and these these sort of insure tech companies, you know, we're behind because everybody was making so much damn money, nobody cared, and they didn't want to touch what was working. And you know? claims were still getting paid. Exactly. So it was working, therefore that's what caused it to get behind. Right. Yeah. So that all being said, um, I am, and obviously I work for one of these companies. I am I'm very happy and embrace and enjoy insure tech conversations around how um, these startup companies are um, integrating into the fabric of our industry and helping uh, many of the companies that we do business with and many of the agents that are our peers do business um, in a more efficient manner, a more effective manner, in a more profitable manner. Like that to me is really, really interesting. And there's tons of them. And uh, that's where I think, you know, the winners, you know, I said the other day that I think connectivity is the giant slayer, right? Like the thing that gets, you know, that gets me hard is connectivity. Like how connected is your business? Can you put your data to use? Mm -hmm. Can you put your data out into the field? Because you take a company like State Auto, right? I think they're, what, 600 million in in premiums? I think so, yeah. You know, right? Like not an enormous company, but all of a sudden, they start. They start to be able to put their underwriting data, their pricing data, their um, their binding, their quoting and binding technology out into the hands of agents. Like I'm waiting for the day a carrier has a has an app that allows you to quote and bind right on the friggin' app while you're sitting across the table from a customer. Right? Like 
imagine if you had your full, you know, one of your carriers, full commercial portfolio sitting in your hand, and you just needed to ask a series of questions while you're interviewing that business owner, walking around their business. And at the end, you hit a button and you go, Hey, John, how's 1700 bucks sound? Let me get your credit card. I'll swipe it through my square. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a bit like utopian, but the idea is like state auto gets there first. They all of a sudden move much faster than any carrier has been able to move before. Mm -hmm. And who knows if it'll be state auto or it'll be someone else, you know, EMC or, you know, some, you know, who know who the hell knows who it's going to be. But I do think that, you know, I, I was looking at my wife's agency the other day. I went in there and I was talking with them because obviously I'm very invested in them being successful. Right. Um, and I was like, it really wouldn't take, it probably takes six months of pain and I can compete against any super regional agency in our area, I could compete across the board with a staff a tenth the size. Right. Just I just just a couple couple technology tweaks. Yep. Right. I need to get out from under applied TAM. Right. I need to get out from under that that thing. And that beast. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. And whether I you know I don't know that I know what the right option for agency management systems are today. I know the right option is not TAM. I think I think even applied would probably agree with that. But um. You know, so I don't want to go down that road. But the idea is th an agency of 13 can compete against an agency of 100 with a few technology tweaks today. And I think that is sexy as hell. Mm. You know, I've said this on three podcasts today. This is number four. My friend and great American, Mr. Mike Strom. So you know what he says? He says, big doors swing on small hinges. And that that is exactly what you just said. You walk into the agency you tweak this, you tweak that, you take six months to make some small, in some cases, probably incremental changes, that very small changes. You change a few things to turn it into a little bit more of a digital agency. Next thing you know, your your growth is through the roof, and now you you maybe you've gotten a chance to lower your overhead. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. There's there's all kinds of stuff. You know, here's an, here's another little pet peeve of mine, and and we can even talk about this. I'm interested in your perspective because you and I may disagree, but like carrier call centers. Why are we not using carrier call centers at least in off hours, mm -hmm. at least in mm -hmm. off hours? Like I will buy the it's my experience argument. I don't know that I f fully believe it, but I will accept it. But at least in off hours, like the average carrier call center, we're talking Safeco travelers, mm -hmm. you know, like those carrier call centers have a 93 percent retention rate. That's 12 points higher than the industry average for IAs like Maybe we can dial down our hubris just a little bit, and in off hours, we allow our customers to be serviced by a carrier call center in off hours. Like it's simple things like that, you know. I don't know. That's just where my mind goes. Like, and and that and, and that that point right there, Ryan, is is a is a point that I've made a lot here recently. I think that captive agents get spoiled sometimes because most captive agents that I know you know, whether they use a call tree or not, have that option to take their phone at five thirty, five fifteen, whatever it is, and and take take everybody to a state farm call center. Does that make sense? Where where an independent maybe doesn't have that option. By the way, 
Mm-hmm. I did not get a call from the CEO of State Farm after the last podcast we were on. <laughs> Complete bullshit. That that Complete bullshit. <laughs> Michael Tipsford. Tipsford needs to get his crap together. That's just that. That needs to be the that needs to be the title of this podcast. Tipsford, <laughs> Tipsford needs to get his crap together. I, I don't know. Maybe he's That's got. Awesome that maybe you remember that. Maybe he's got some insure tech company that State Farm's working on buying. That's going to cost them six hundred and eighty million dollars. That's going to yeah. change the whole world for State Farm. I don't know. We we have a huge State Farm audience too, so that's even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, you know, I still, I still, you know, I don't understand why they wouldn't do something like that. I mean, that's that's well, amazing. For all the State Farm agents that are listening, understand that there is a way, there is an easy way to monetize your commercial lines leads. Uh, that come into your agency that you can't find a place to put that place is bold penguin (laughs) and if you were willing to send an email to this michael tipsford or a letter or if you saw him shake his hand say hey man you look great today (laughs) what do you hear about this bold penguin i would appreciate that tremendously guys the first person that does that the insurance guys podcast will make it worth your while yep if you get (laughs) tipsford to buy Bowl Penguin or to strike a deal with Bowl Penguin for six hundred and seventy million dollars, we will get you a gift card for fifty dollars to Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> I was going to say Outback. <laughs> <laughs> you get a gift card to Outback Steakhouse and a free guys, <laughs> guys, guys just, podcast. Just to add sure. a little context to our current mood uh doing this podcast we did eight podcasts today we had an hour and a half break we ran down to the irish pub drank two beers came back and called ryan hanley so that's why this is a little bit more laid back than it normally bradley would be. bradley's context for that was exactly correct to to the t that is exactly what has happened but, man i didn't know you guys were gonna be drinking i would have put a couple down well, before the show well you've been whispering the whole time like you're in a storm shelter in north alabama <laughs> i mean I have kitchen. a three-year-old. I have a three-year-old, fifteen feet above my head, and I have a five-year-old, twenty-five feet from me. If those wake up, I will get murdered. No, I completely understand. I've been there. Uh, Miss Murray will not be pleased with that. Negative. No, she will not. Well, no, man, hey, Ryan, I'm going to close this thing out. But before I do, yeah, yeah. I just I don't want you to know one thing. I love you, and I cannot wait one day, somewhere, sometime. At some event, someplace, I'm sure we will get a chance to sit down, and I want to spend some time with you. And I'm trying to think if I'm going to be near you. I'm going to be in the Dallas. I think is the closest in Arkansas. How close are you to Arkansas? Long way, yeah, twelve hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I want you to know yeah. I love you, and if you ever need me, I'm a phone call away. I love, love, love doing yeah, podcasts it, with you. Anything we can do for you, brother. You know, you're you're yeah. in our in our thoughts, in our prayers. We've got your back, 100. Yeah. percent So just just know that. Absolutely. Well, uh, I am uh, I'm a very huge fan of what you guys are doing. I know uh, some of the people that you've interviewed these last couple of days, and then, and then the one I know some people you're interviewing tomorrow, and you just have a you guys got a rock star lineup, and and you're doing the work, man. I mean, I love coming on here. I mean, this is this is what it's all about. It's about having great conversations with good people, talking about the industry, figuring shit out. Like, Absolutely. if one person gets one thing from yep. this conversation that improves their yep. agency, then it was worth. An hour of the three of our time. That's yeah. the way I feel. Could not agree. Could not well, agree more. And, and like I've always said, you know, we would still be doing this right now, just like we're doing it, if we had a hundred people listen to us. Absolutely. You know, we yeah. just we do it because we want to help agents, and we and we love it, and we want to meet our guests. You know, that's that's you know, we want to find the experts and bring them to the people. So yeah. hey yeah, hey I, hey, by the way, before I let you yeah, go, yeah. I'd I'd love to get yeah. Cass on the podcast sometime. I I know he's oh, got yeah. his own podcast, but man, I I. Uh, 
I know we don't. Oh, need yeah, to, we I know we hook, don't need to talk about it, up. but he shut, shut the corn down about two weeks ago. Um, yeah, but, oh my uh, god! Yeah. I, I bet, I bet um, you were like, oh boy. Um, but yeah. anyway, I'd love if you could talk to him. Tell him I'd love to for oh, him to come on sometime. Hundred percent. I will. Uh, I'll hook you guys up. Anybody else that you need, just just or, you know, if I have a connection to him, I'll be happy to do it. And the last thing I want to say before I jump is, I really appreciate the fact that you guys speak to both captive and an independent agency audience. I think that I get that we're competitors, but we're all kind of competitors. And the only difference is that some of us only have one company and some of us can write with a lot of companies. Right. And the, but but otherwise like a lot of the problems are so similar like I've just always you know, it's fun to bang on captives when you're an IA and I'm sure when you're a captive, it's fun to bang on the dumb IAs. Like I get it, but at the end of the day, like we're all doing the same work. And yep. I think it's really cool that you guys speak to both audiences. And, that, so. and that's kind of something I've always had in the back of my head is, is how we're going to be a little bit different other than our personalities is, is we're going to speak to both audiences. And, and one thing we were very fortunate of is we had a few guests on in the beginning that really appeal to captive agents, people like Tom Hagna, Van Miller, who, who, you know, are, are both have approved speeches with State Farm. So we, we have a, a rather large captive audience as well. So I appreciate you pointing that out. Yeah, I, I got on Brightby's podcast the other day, and one of, the, one of the points I made, I said, look, I think what makes this podcast so unique that Bradley and I do is I am in the transition period right now moving from a captive nationwide agency to an independent agency and my ability to communicate you know how great it is or how bad it sucks and the problems and issues that I'm having is very unusual in that I'm going to be probably one of the only people that have done a podcast like this that yeah. is able to speak to to that transition in real time that's very unusual I don't know of a yeah. lot of people that have ever been been able to do that so I'm excited and- about that man and now you get to ride uh, Bradley's coattails as he ascends through the Gary V network. Absolutely. You just get to grab onto those coattails and Absolutely. take him for a ride, bro. And I tell you, I am like a proud papa. I really am. I'm, I'm excited for, for him going down there and being a part of that. No hey, question. Insurance Guys podcast listeners, if you want to come to Agent 2021, use the code Insurance Guys at checkout and you get 20% off. Love it. Guys, boo, boo, yeah. I'm, I'm going to shut this thing down now. Guys, listen to me. Rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk and go out into the big bad world and sell insurance and make money for your family, for your kids, for the people you love. Figure out what your why is. Uh, I want to say a special thank you to Ryan Hanley for being on here tonight. And I want to say that you need to go out and write good business for the agencies that you represent. You need to write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Love you too, buddy. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.